The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. Welcome to another edition of Who Is right here on the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am your host, JP John Paz. And of course, with me is the other man, part of TMPT, a part of HMG, Mr. RBV, who is trending like Space Mountain right now. Rick, what's going on? Hey, you know, uh, that art of the beat of the V, RBV eats out. Apparently, the Nate does too. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to be uh, back here with you guys again. A, a little change of scenery I'm usually hitting from Southern Ohio, but hey, we are all points north. If I got any more, I'd be over in, in the great white north, Canada, just behind me. I am the shores of Lake Erie, just outside of Cleveland, which is a, which is a tremendous NXT town, actually. So I'm excited to get going on this one. Who is the, the Mr. NXT? Yes, that will be the topic today. The third man in the booth, the doctor himself, Mr. J, Dr. Jargo. Michael, how are you doing today, sir? Oh, well, you know, hanging out, being cool. I'm nowhere nearly as cool as almost Canada, but I am chilling inside of the 203. The air conditioning is fired up, and I am ready to talk some NXT RIP. I do say, Jargo, we got a little, uh, a little big news. Uh, maybe the, the biggest reason I need to come out and visit next summer. Uh, the, the huge success that was the Field of Dreams baseball game there in Iowa. You know, who's been named for their next year? My Cubs Cincinnati Reds. Reds. My Cincinnati Reds, Reds baby. Uh, so I'm going I'm to book the date with you, baby. I'm coming out. Let's go to the game. Uh, you better bring about nine grand with you. That's pause, what it's going to uh, cost you to get in the door. Well, well, really? Pause, pause. We need to renegotiate our contracts around here. I, it, it was four grand for the White Sox and Yankees. Uh, the Cubs being involved, uh, for those who don't know, Dyersville, Iowa, about three hours outside of Chicago. It's also about three hours outside of Des Moines, where the Cubs AAA team is located. Ooh. So the Cubs have very deep roots here in the state of Iowa, and I imagine those tickets are going to be more difficult to get than tickets to take over Brooklyn 3. Well, you know, hey, just not to dismiss my Cincinnati Reds there, you know, the, the ties, the baseball history, you know, they, that whole game built around the, uh, the Black Sox scandal where they allegedly put over the Reds in that World Series. But the Reds, they're, they're baseball's original professional team, the, the first professionals. Yep. yep, and there are Reds fans around here because for years, the local Cedar Rapids team was the Class A affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds. So there, there are Reds ties to Iowa as well. 
Well, I guess we don't have to go to the game. As long as I'm in Iowa with you, watching the game, we'll, we'll be all right. We'll put it on the big screen. There we go. That was pretty cool, minus the finish of the game. Hated that, but uh, the game was pretty cool. I, I liked the way they set it up, and I liked the way it looked aesthetically I, pleasing. I wish the Yankees would have won, but, you know, it was mm-hmm. pretty storybook. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that was one thing. I was like, it little, seemed a little scripted there. Like, <laughs> like the perfect think- ending with the fireworks going off. Right. Do you guys think maybe they missed the boat a little bit? Because, you know, the controversy of taking the All-Star game out of Atlanta and putting it – color. I mean, to me, that would have been so cool for an All-Star setting to see the American and National League coming out that way, to, to have that moment around that centerpiece. I understand, you know, they, they already had the contractual ties there to the Yanks and, and the White Sox to be there and everything. It, it's still magical. Maybe just some nitpicking. But, hey, that's that's the wrestling uh, personality and fan in me. we we got to tear everything apart. Very true. So today, wrestling-wise, who is, and who, of course, you mentioned before, who is Mr. NXT? Jargo, you thought about this. This is something that you kind of came up with. Who is Mr. NXT? Let's start it off. Let's start it off with a bang. Who who do you got? Boy, you want me to start at the top of my list, or do you want me to start at the bottom of my list? Because I know my list came up with about 11 names. Uh, Paz, you said you were having a hard time with this one. When I rethought it, I came up with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, oh, 11. At first, I only had four, and then all of a sudden, I had 11. So I guess I had to do a little bit more thinking. But for some reason, SummerSlam kind of rolled to me. This didn't roll to me as much. I had to actually like, really think about it. I don't know why. I think there's some good names, and there's some names that may be a little bit surprising because, you know, they had a great run in NXT, and then they got to the main roster, and everything kind of went to hell. There's one name in particular that stands out to me on my list. I guess I will start at number 11. I have Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, the, The... Hype surrounding Nakamura joining NXT. The matchup with Sami Zayn at TakeOver Dallas. That was really the beginning of one of the coolest entrances in the history of WWE, let alone NXT. And then that debut match against Sami Zayn. He goes on to be a two-time NXT champion. Shinsuke Nakamura on my list. Not the highest name, but I have to put him on the list for conversation. RBB, what do you think? Well, and I love that you start there with Shinsuke because I think it's, you know, the perfect to go back to what I always ask you guys. Can we talk parameters? Because I think that's very unique to NXT to look through the phases that the the brand, if you will, development for whatever it might be, that transition from Florida Championship to a little bit of a stand of its own where we thought and then to really where it's the alternative and then push. This is a third brand. Then it starts taking on more characteristics of the red and blue. So many phases. Then the talents themselves, you know, is it, do we, do we just go back to that bubble? Do we remember like Shinsuke, all the, the heat and the fire coming in and how hot that name was for I me mean, outside of that? I mean, that was one of the first big names. Oh my God, he's coming from new Japan. This is going to evolve everything. I absolutely agree with Shinsuke. He is on my list. I ended up with 10 individuals uh, that I hope that we talk about and their contributions. You know, it, he was right there. It, and I think one of the things that's going to hold some people back here, that two-time champion, did that evolve NXT in itself when we started seeing multiple-time champs? You know, because it was usually, you know, more like that college. You win your Heisman, you go to the pros or something like that. I, yeah, it, no, that's... It's, it, it's so hard to define, you know, each of those little eras of NXT. 
I, I think that's absolutely a valid point. I mean, because, you know, it, it was kind of like you had to lose the NXT championship so you could go to Raw or SmackDown and get buried. I mean, that, that's pretty much how NXT worked for years. Paz, did you have Nakamura on your list? He was low on my list, but I feel like he had to be on there because of the multiple title range, because of the hype surrounding him coming in. It was almost like, wow, like Nakamura should be on the main roster, but wow, NXT got him first. It was almost like they stole him. In essence, I mean, I'm a big Nakamura fan. He was really hot coming off um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, obviously dominant run for many, many years over there. He kind of made the IC title there just as important as as the world title for a brief period of time, almost uh, surpassing it at some point because it main evented the Tokyo Dome over the, over the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. So the beginning of my favorite feud in in wrestling history: Tetsuya Naito versus the Intercontinental Championship. Yes, when he would beat, beat the hell out of that belt. But to me, it was just like, wow, I can't believe like Nakamura, does, does he need to learn something? Like, why didn't he go to, you know what I mean? Like, why didn't he go right away, right to the main well, roster, positive. like AJ Styles? You So you always kind of think, like, why did they do that? They want him to adjust to the cameras. They want him to do adjust the production. But to me, I thought it was a steal, like getting pa- him. Pause. When you were describing that there, immediately the thought came, I want to ask you, do you think – and I know we can question his success now that he get lost in that mix 50, 50 booking world. They don't really understand him and Vince's mind. Do you think if they would have jumped him to the red or blue, I think he would have been completely dead in the water. He had to kind of nurture himself to that, that alternative audience that really knew who he was, those NXT fans before throwing him out there in front of this, you know, the, the grander WWE universe. I think it helped his debut in WWE because people watch NXT that didn't watch New Japan, so they were more used to him. So I did think it was beneficial to him, but I was just like kind of surprised, just like, wow, I can't believe NXT got him. Like Triple H definitely wanted him for obvious reasons. He wanted to put the title on him, wanted to kind of wrap the brand around him for a little bit, which kind of makes me into like into thinking like Triple H always have plans of not making it developmental? Did he always have plans of making the third brand? Because when you bring in these names, Samoa Joe and, and Nakamura and Finn Balor, or obviously it's Prince Devitt, it's almost like, well, it's not really a developmental. You're bringing in big names that were over in other places to your company, and it's not so much developmental anymore when you start doing that. Yeah, what do you think? Those styles are so different, though. No, no pun intended there with AJ. We always, But AJ learned the American style. You know, if they liked it or not, or his size, he knew how to work American audiences. He knew the television product. You know, he'd been offered to be in their system before and had a necessity. A lot of those other names you were saying, you know, they were passed on for so long. So they might not have ever, you know, if it was a matter of, hey, we're going to bring him right to the red or blue, they might have never even been considered for an opportunity. Nakamura is one that it never bothered me that he went through NXT because I do feel like he needed NXT to get over with the American fan base and learn how to work the cameras and whatnot. That's way more important in North America. But Paz, you mentioned another guy who I do feel should have went directly to Raw or SmackDown and instead went through NXT. I've got him number 10 on my list, and that's Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe could have went directly to the red or the blue, but they kind of brought Joe in as more of like a player coach. And then Joe got over and ended up getting called up. Now he's back in NXT. I've got him number 10 right now. First two time NXT champion. He is also a former dusty cup winner with Finn Balor, who I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, But Samoa Joe could become the first 
three-time NXT champion on Sunday. In fact, I expect him to. Rick, does that move Samoa Joe up the list from number 10? Uh, I think if Samoa Joe becomes the first three-time NXT champion, you know, going back, we're talking about Field of Dreams. I think that makes him the Kevin and Costner of Bull Durham, <laughs> where right? he just can't get out of the minor leagues. He's always that good yeah. man that's going to go there and, you know, get those talents over. Yep. But I don't think that's, you know, a disrespect in any way. And, you know, you look back to where Joe came up on, and he was helping Cena along the way at those times. And it just, yep. you know, the timing, the physiques, whatever it might be, I don't think that's a, a knock in any way. I think it's actually that they realized that the brand needed him back there and, and did everything that they could. Uh, but most certainly, I, and I got him on that back end of my list when we're talking about people that have really excelled inside of that brand and helped define it. If he puts down carrying cross on Sunday, pause, where does Joe fall? Like, does that put him like top five? Absolutely. To me, I think, because it almost makes him like the pillar. Like, wow, this guy has won more titles. It almost is bad in a sense because he should be on the main roster. Why the hell is he in NXT? But he is carrying the brand because Triple H is not ready to kind of make it into developmental. He really does want to make it into like a a bigger brand and get more better ratings on USA and keep climbing that 700 ladder and go get up to 740 and get to 750 and beyond and i feel like you need that pillar or that that guy that the audience is used to but to me it's like man he he, for the purpose of this show definitely would be in top five if he does win that title but man he why the hell isn't he on raw or smackdown especially now that we know we can wrestle the whole thing was he was leaving because he couldn't wrestle now he can wrestle and he's not on raw smackdown where you need top talent where you need names where you need guys in main event if you need any further proof when he had that small feud with lesnar it was awesome for about a month. You're like, wow, this is great. Then you went to SummerSlam, had that four-way. It was awesome, too, because they kind of teased him winning again. It was just like, man, how, and like, how do you drop the ball? They did that silly feud with AJ where it was based on his wife. But, man, like the matches were good, and it, it could have been great had they not wrapped it around that. But, man, how is Vince not seeing what I'm seeing? He, to me, in a lot of ways, helped me like wrestling. Not, not like wrestling, but, man, when WWF bought WCW and ECW, it's like, man, this sucks. Found TNA, okay, TNA is okay. You know, they some stuff, X Division, ROH, I fell in love with him, his dominant run as champion. Like, that's when I kind of fell in love with wrestling again. I was like going to all the damn shows that were in this local area. Went to Connecticut, went to Long Island, we'd be in all the shows in New Jersey, went to a bunch of shows in Europe. Every show was in Philly. Uh, we, you know, wherever they would go, we would try to go. It was, we were loving Samoa Joe, and then you get more acquainted with Brian Danielson and so on and so forth. But man, I feel like Joe's been done an injustice. For decades. Yeah. You know, know, I think what you guys laid out there is, and I love when we have these open conversations. We're talking about this, and I think this might have moved Joe up my list. Win or lose at at TakeOver right now. I think out there with this performance, Joe could elevate himself to what he is truly meant to that brand going out there with an incredible performance. He is he probably, I don't know, maybe this could be a subject of the who is, you know, the, the talent that has done the most with the least support and creative. Everywhere, what whatever company it's in, if they give him something that's even questionable, Paz, you were talking about that amazing run inside WWE. They missed a, a, an amazing opportunity at that SummerSlam to move to Joe. And then you talked about the AJ Styles with the wife, the thing with Jeff Hardy. Joe made those gold. I mean, he's a true pro. He understands what's happening here. And to have him there in that position – and I maybe we'll talk about on the back end of this what the future holds for NXT. You got to believe no matter what direction it's happening there, even if they revert back to OVW days, he is a major player in helping develop 
anything for the future of WWE. If they ever want to get back to truly developing stars, Joe is somebody you got to have on that team. Joe might be like the last of a dying breed, you know, because like when Samoa Joe is in the ring, it's really easy to suspend disbelief. Like there is an authenticity to Samoa Joe where you feel like that dude could just snap at any given moment in time and just shoot, tap somebody out. Like you, you just feel like he could absolutely embarrass Karrion Cross on Sunday. Like Joe could win that match in 30 seconds and you'd believe it. And you actually believe that he had a, a shot against Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love me some Samoa Joe. Yeah, this one's a little bit interesting because I broke rank a little bit. Um, that maybe a Miss NXT is in order as well, but I don't think that there's enough women to do its own individual show. But I got Sasha Banks next on my list. Uh, Takeover Brooklyn, I still believe the greatest match in NXT history against Bailey. She had great feuds with Becky and Charlotte, kind of defining what that early days of that NXT women's division was going to be. And she made Izzy cry. And making Izzy cry alone puts her on my list. Izzy's got heat with me. Pause. What do you think? Do you hate Izzy too? Yes. Thank you. No doubt about it. What do you think of Sasha Banks being on the list? I kind of put them all together, the four horsewomen. I kind of just lumped them all together. Um, didn't really make high on my list, kind of more towards the bottom of my list, but I just put them all in there together because the significance, they made advantage of the show. They always were pushed well. They're always you know, really, really presentable on TV. They really kind of came in their own and were having good matches. So kind of put all of them together as far as Becky, Bailey, Sasha, and Charlotte. I've got, I've got Bailey way higher on my list. Rick, what, oh, what do you, wow. I, I what do you think about the I was going to say with the boss here, I mean, I can think of it just off the top of my head here. And I, and I threw some ladies in here, uh, four or five women should be ahead of her here. But I, I, I do think Sasha Whoa. really shined inside of NXT because Maybe what she was so good at better than the others was she was the ultimate at kissing smart ass. And, and that's how she would present herself. And what totally throws her out to me, and you mentioned, yes, the, the matches with Bailey were simply incredible. When, when she made Izzy cry in that farewell match, but what did she do? Immediately threw it away. What we saw at WrestleMania, she's over there smiling. She goes over and hugs Izzy after that match to say her goodbyes. So goodbye, Sasha Banks, from being anywhere near a representative of the all-time greats of NXT. I just like that she made Izzy cry. I mean, like, that that's one of my favorite moments in NXT. But yeah, yeah, then she goes over and hugs and consoles. I, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and, and why we are talking about well, I don't know if you got her guys got her anywhere here and you probably don't because I don't think people really invested in her in NXT because they knew there was you know greater and greater passers to Charlotte because they knew that was it's just a matter of time before the flair name is given back to you and the rocket is strapped to you and you're taking off but I think there are some tremendous ladies that have contributed to the evolution and the, the great success of NXT yeah, no, I, I I completely agree. Completely. So you had Bailey a lot higher than Sasha. Why? I've got Bailey way higher than Sasha. In fact, I you could almost make a case for Bailey being number one. Um, Whoa! How, I, I, I could jump. I could jump on that with you. Go ahead, yeah. Jargo. I, I can see yeah, that. How so? You got to you got to sell me on this one. Bailey was the single greatest underdog story in professional wrestling since Mikey Ripwreck. Uh, all the the feuds with all of the horse women. The matches with Sasha at Brooklyn, the match with Sasha at TakeOver Respect, but more importantly, when Becky, Sasha, and Charlotte 
ended up getting called up to the main roster, Bailey really became that cornerstone of NXT. She was arguably the most beloved babyface in NXT history. Um, to me, especially in that full sale era, Bailey is top three for me. I, it, I'm not sure that there has ever been a brighter, more shiny, perfectly bowed package handed to Vince McMahon that he has dropped the ball with other than Bailey. I, I got to completely agree with Jargo here. And I love those comparisons. So you look at NXT for so long was an alternative to what we're used to in wrestling. And it was, it was really a modern day ECW where Jargo made that, you know, that comparison, there's parallels to Mikey Whipwreck. I would say that Bailey was almost the Tommy dreamer of NXT yeah. and, and what she meant to that fan base and what she represented that true, that Rudy that everyone could rally in. No matter if you hate, if you wanted the root for the heels or the babies, whatever, everyone loved, everyone loved Bailey. And really what, and, and you're talking about introducing if, if their development, it step outside of it as a fan, you know, my two young nephews and Jargo, I know it's in your household with the young girls. Bailey is somebody that everyone could relate to and everyone could be proud of. And what she represented there was simply incredible. She went out there, worked hard. She, so to this day, she's, she's great. She gets lost in the sports entertainment aspect. She gets back and buckles down to her stuff. Bailey's still one of the best in the world at what she does. As Jargo said, man, they could have been printing money with her face on it, and they blew it. Damn, I'm shocked at all the, the Bailey talk here. I thought we'd be sticking to a lot of the men wrestlers, but we're going to a lot of the female wrestlers. Who else did, Rick, you have on your list? You said there was a bunch. Well, for, for women, you know, going back, I don't know how, when you really talk about the evolution growing up, I don't know how you don't mention Paige. Right. Who, who was so unique and, and came in, and you have to have, that other side of that, maybe those little flavors of Bailey before we really got that. Emma, uh, she did incredible work while she was there. Uh, so yeah, with with the ladies, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of a handful there. there there's different flavors that that help sculpt. You, what you we wouldn't have. say Emma was Mister or Mrs. NXT, though. No, no, I, I wouldn't put her in that area. But if I'm looking at the women and what they meant, and and looking at, at where NXT was in their different stages. Uh, I, I think she deserves the utmost respect and, you know, accolades and acknowledgement for what she's done. The other one I have on my list is actually Asuka. number two on my list is Asuka. I, I was going to save her because I thought we're coming up because I, I think she, and she's Did in she the ever officially lose in NXT. Nope. nope. She finished undefeated in NXT 522 days as the reigning NXT women's champion when the women's championship was arguably the hottest thing inside of the entire freaking company. Um, Oscar. It's interesting that she never lost the title. So she just gave it up. I mean, yeah, she vacated the title. Vacated it. Injuries. Yep. And I mean, I still believe that Oscar was going to lose. I I believe that she was going to lose at takeover Mm -hmm. Chicago to Ember moon. And then Ember Moon got hurt right before TakeOver Chicago, and they ended up making it a four-way. Asuka retains. But I, I believe that that was when Asuka was going to lose, go up to the main roster. Um, it was just injuries got in the way. It's interesting that she never lost, but you know was put on the main roster. Usually, it was the case with everybody else. They lose the title, they get called up. Lose the title, they get called up. Interesting with her, never lost. They kept her strong. And then obviously when she eventually loses in WWE, it was really her first really loss in the company. 
Yeah. And she might be one of the bigger success stories coming out of NXT. I mean, everybody thought that Asuka was just going to get completely destroyed on the main roster. But when you look at that WWE women's division at this point, Asuka gets just as much TV time as everybody else. She's been a, a feature part of the television. Even if it is weird, goofy Asuka, instead of I'm going to kill you, Asuka, it's still Asuka. Does your main, or when your thought process when you're doing this, did the main roster run at all affect what you thought of them in NXT? Like no. Meaning, did that like, like, oh man, that kills them. I'm not mentioning them. You, you got to remove no? that. Okay. Yeah, you yeah, got to remove yeah, that. You know, it's it's the same as like when we look at like ECW. I mean, would, would you would you weigh what the franchise did in ECW with the, how no, he was treated? It, you he's know, Dean Douglas. No, he's Dean Douglas. Screw that. No, you're right. It's true. I actually saw some cool memes today uh, with him referring to the <laughs> Nature Boy thing. So he's he's he might be <laughs> trending as well. So. <laughs> Oh man, Woo, I, I made boy. the mistake of clicking on that. I saw that Ric Flair was trending, and I was like, "Why is Ric Flair trending?" Oh God, Rick! What are, just, really? Just hoping he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I think you better be hoping that that that's his wife, not some other woman. You know? Yeah. Well, it's the nature you, boy. You, you look at that hair from the profile. That that could be that could be President Biden as well. No, it's that's fire. Come on, don't, don't ruin that for me. It's definitely Nate. So, who else is on the list? I had Finn Balor on my list. I don't know how high up you had him on yours. I have Finn Balor number three on my list, two time NXT champion, 292 days, longest combined reigns, 504 days. I love the matchup Beast in the East against Kevin Owens. That's probably my favorite NXT Finn Balor match. Won the Dusty Cup alongside of Samoa Joe and then the ensuing Samoa Joe feud. The, the demon was still cool inside of NXT and even the return. Like, there, there's some people who didn't really like the return of Finn Balor to NXT. I thought it was fantastic. Of course, it was basically he, he became Prince Devitt again. And, and I very much enjoyed that. Way more than I've enjoyed anything he's done on SmackDown since he went back up to the main roster. So I think we all, go ahead. Buzz. I was going to say, I was going to say. So Rick, where do you have Baylor on, on your list? I, see, I, didn't, I didn't completely have a ranked here because I, I love these open <laughs> conversations, but it absolutely, and he fits that mold, and, and he fed into that fan base and that passion. And I think what really complements it moves him up here is that he was one of those that they truly. It, you know, trust it as we're seeing out Samoa Joe to come back. That they app, we we need you. We need you to reconnect with this base and help elevate this project that we got that slumping. And, and I think he absolutely did that. And unfortunately, down there he catches that injury bug right away. And I think if he would have been healthy there for the last year or whatever, you know, however he was on the shelf, a much different character, a much different vibe and excitement around NXT. What we're talking about today and. And I know this, you know, I, I regularly, it, it, it's not that I'm against the small guys. I need you to look and be presented like a superstar. And I think when, when Balor is in that mode, when he is in that zone presenting himself that way, he's absolutely incredible. Where I think a little bit of that disconnect is here for us Western fans. I think we overemphasize at times where we want you to be the hard ass all the time. Stay in your character. We're in Japan where he learned, really learned his craft. They, with 
how, you know, not their presentation, but how they're viewed by their fans, where it is, yes, get in that ring because we're appreciative, but we also appreciate you as a person, as you see with, you know, so many. Who's your favorite there, Jarker? Kind of, why is his name escaping me? Okada. 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 So he's one of the best in the world, but yeah, he's equally as good when he's cheesy inside of that culture. Pirate ship so- Okada is the best Okada. But there's a lot that doesn't translate over to the Western style, and it yeah. gets lost on fans. I, I have made that comment many times when it comes to Kazuchika Okada. I don't think that he works in a, the North American audience. Like, it, it, as far as, like, Okada, like, coming to AEW and signing full-time with AEW for five years, I don't think it would work. I just think that, I just say, and a lot of it's because even inside the company, I don't think they would understand it as much as they believe themselves to be, you know, Japan marks or whatever, and they understand it, even the top guys. You know, I don't think the Bucks or anyone really understand that. No, like, I, I think Naito would work more in the States than Okada would. What about another guy or another two guys that have on my list back to back? What about Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano? I would rank champ a little higher just because he was champion for a hell of a lot longer but 200 days longer uh, and he, his reign got cut short so i think he would have been champion even longer i think they were going to keep going with him he, he was on a roll there with that character and, and just it, the way he wasn't in the ring obviously killed himself out there literally with some of those matches which obviously ended up being a detriment so what do you think here Tommaso champa and johnny gargano I have them five and six on my list. I put Gargano over Ciampa. Rick, did you put Gargano higher or Ciampa higher? I have Ciampa higher. Hey, I I want to give a shout out. Gargano grew up right down the road here. Uh, We're we're right in his backyard here for my end of it. I think these two perfectly represent modern day NXT. Yeah. Neither or. I mean, it's what you prefer in your styles. But they have come to represent this thing. Uh, when I look at Ciampa, again, go back to the size. I look at him, I believe the dude's a mech star. I mean, you look at him, what he's putting in there. Pause, you're talking about the bumps. We we know his history. We know what's up with that neck. I mean, it's you cringe. I mean, you kind of curl up a little bit, just hoping, oh, my God, could this one be it? Uh, I think, though, inside of sports entertainment character, how they've grown with the brand growing itself, I think Gargano's grown. He's a little more versatile in what he can bring brings the table and i think you're seeing that right now where their characters are at will those guys ever get called up seems like they've been in nxt for a very very remember that there was that short that short time time where they had them come up a little bit and they were working some things there and you know if you go back to a day we talked about and jargo and i had these conversations plenty of time on the hitting marks pro wrestling podcast i mean it the way they would shoot for the red and blue i mean it would look like bailey towered over those two Right. Just the way they shoot things, and, and I don't, and I think that's going to be a, a huge struggle for a lot of them. But and Gargano's I, okay, but man, he is, and he's had some great matches. I like the Champa matches for the most part, minus some of the editing and some of those matches were like god awful. But um, the Almas match is probably his best match. That was great, yeah. um, but he is so small, and I just don't think that'll work on the, the main roster with Vince around. I just don't think that'll be. I think it works if you have to do it right now. You have to do it right now if you're going to do it with Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano is not any kind of a spring chicken in any way, shape, or form. Um, I think Ciampa is the better talent. I think Gargano has more potential, um, especially with Daniel Bryan leaving. 
you could slide Johnny Gargano right into that spot and have him be that underdog babyface. Just kind of have him take that role that Daniel Bryan really filled. And I could see where Johnny Gargano could get over. I'm not saying that, you know, he's going to have the yes movement and be Daniel freaking Bryan, but I could see where the crowd would absolutely rally behind Johnny Gargano. So I have Adam Cole on my list. Do you have him on yours as well? Two-time NXT champion, two long reigns. Number one on the list is Adam Cole, baby. And I believe that should be undisputed. Longest reigning NXT champion, 403 freaking days. First North American champion, Dusty Cup winner, tag team champion, leader of the most over faction in NXT history. And he very well could become the Lex Luger of this entire AEW WWE thing because it sure sounds like the final match he is contracted for coming up Sunday against his old friend Kyle O'Reilly, two out of three falls, and Adam Cole is a free man to go do whatever he wants. My understanding is the no-compete clause is no longer there because of him agreeing to work for like a month and a half after his contract expired. We could get a Lex Luger moment next week on Dynamite. I think you know what's interesting is we were talking about Gargano and the timing and if he, if he could make the move. My other thing is you can't have too many of these, you know, the smaller guys in stature making those moves. And I know you got the red, you know, the red and the blue, but you don't want to mirror those things. I think you've got your ultimate money in Adam Cole. I mean, the guy looks like a pro athlete. He's just not oversized. Uh, he's good looking as hell. If he was four inches taller, he'd be Shawn Michaels. He's got the charisma, you know. And, and Ben and I, I, you know, I asked Ben. I said, "Okay, does Gar does not Gargano, does Cole go into that? Because you know the reports and all that saying that they made the million dollar offer. He's having extensive talks, exactly, you know, just with Vince McMahon about what they can do." I said, "How's the pitch? Does he go in there saying, hey, 'Hey, I'd like to do this'?" And you know, Ben laid in after and said, "He goes in there and says, hey, dude, I'm your next Shawn Michaels.' Plain, period, simple." I'm your next Shawn Michaels. You need the baby and grow me like this. And who's in and who is grooming him exactly to be whatever the hell he wants to be? It's Shawn Michaels at Triple H. He's a modern, him and Gargano are actually a modern day click. Yeah. Uh, and you know, everyone's like, oh, they got a, this plan for Cross. No, they played Cross. Cross got caught in the political cross fire. And that's what happened to him going up there and jiving out. And he's already 50 50 on Raw. Those are truths. He knows how to play that political game. There's no reason for him to go to AEW. His big money is still with Vince going forward. Now, inside of that, what's everyone expecting? Because they want the Adam Cole. And I, I love his matches, but they go five minutes too long every time for me. He's got to get a little too much in. People want to have that big impact. He's going to come out on fire. All these matches, I'd have him sit up there for three months and not do anything. I'd have him recruiting people like Ricochet, starting a new Undisputed Air, doing what he's good, use the charisma, become the focal point as you're growing this up, and then have a payoff. I think there's big money in Adam Cole. And, and I think and he's proven that by all of the accomplishments and what he has meant to this NXT brand, especially when they've been selling this to these networks that this is a legitimate third brand, he's been their star. I mean, obviously, Adam Cole is a fat piece of shit. Um, but he's also dead inside of the AEW universe. Uh, Rick, I, I completely agree. I think Adam Cole should sign with WWE for three years. Um, Adam Cole is still fairly young and Adam Cole is over enough with that AEW fan base at this point 
that even if he goes to WWE and just gets buried, there's certain guys that will still work inside of AEW. Adam Cole will still work. Sami Zayn will still work. Kevin Owens will still work. Like with that fan base, you being buried by the WWE is almost a good thing for your career. Whereas, you know, because the fans get behind it because you've been so misused on the main roster. Oh, I can't wait for him to go to AEW. And then he's not going to get lost in the shuffle because right now, I think if he jumps, he's going to get lost in the shuffle. I mean, I'd almost look at the blueprint, what you did with Shawn Michaels and use it, but he's got to be surrounded by people. He's, yep. he's got to have goons. He's got to be that centerpiece. And if we're talking about that political game, I'd be pitching the fence. Hey, remember when Sean had Sherry? Give me Scarlet. Mess with Cross's head, it's even cracking. Yeah, you guys know how it is in those locker rooms. It's disgusting. You See, know? like somebody like Almas would have been perfect for Adam Cole. Yeah. What about, I don't know, to me, Cole, not seeing it, hasn't been a draw, hasn't helped him really at all. He, he has. Where would NXT be without Adam Cole? Maybe better. I don't know. They haven't really been. They kind of were floundering with him for a while. It was almost like, why are they keeping the title on him? He's just, he, honestly, he's like skinny fat. He's way too skinny. He's a fat uh, piece of shit. But like, he's got no arms, no definition. His legs are like toothpicks. I just, I know I never really saw it with him. And I and I know people, oh, he can cut a promo. Oh, he's good looking. Uh, oh, he can have decent matches. Like, yeah, maybe a little bit. Just not a fan of him. Not buying him. He almost... Um, makes me not want to watch NXT, just not not interested in him at all. Not interested in his feud with O'Reilly, and I like O'Reilly because I think he's a, he can go, and I think he's a good worker. Just And I know Cordell and all those people say how great Cole is. Don't see it. He killed ROH for, for me for a while. He killed NXT for me for a while. Just not a fan. Uh, he can go AEW and do whatever. And go. To, he's obviously not going into like the, the main roster of WWE because why haven't they used him for the last five years? So I don't know. It's it's a weird. Thing I, I think him. a lot of that, and I can because... see why resume why why is what what you guys are saying. But I just I just don't feel it. I'm not. I, I think a lot of he's been it. he's been protected by that modern clique. Shawn Michaels and them know they don't want him to be unleashed up there to be misused. They want him to position himself to go play that game that they have. But pause. What you're saying though is that Adam Cole gives you honky heat. Yeah, and his last match with Kyle O'Reilly. I don't know if you guys remember this or saw this. He goes for a kick. He slaps his leg. Kyle O'Reilly caught the foot. It's like, dude, you take me out of the match every single time. He always makes like a stupid mistake. I mean, the fans let it go in, whatever. But to me, I'm just like, man, every match you like overdo it. Why would you do that? He caught your leg. You're slapping for no reason. So then O'Reilly had to kind of pretend he got him a little bit. Like it, it, it was bad. It was and totally took me. I, room, I room agree with you on that match. pause. You know, usually like I'm stuff. sitting there like 15 minutes in his matches, and I'm like, wow, I really love this. But then he goes 20, 25 minutes, and I'm like, you, you killed it. And then he tries to do a thing where, like, each thing elevates and takes, oh, five more finishers. Oh, and trying to make a match more epic, but it doesn't. It actually ruins the match. And, and See, and, now, I don't know, but just, for me, that going. works with Adam Cole because he's so small. Like, he's got to hit you with, like, five freaking moves to equate, like, to one F5 from Brock Lesnar. Like, that Even makes sense to me. The, the five finishers finish of the McAfee match. Like, I don't know if you remember the McAfee oh. match. He wasn't he wasn't in the right position, so he, like, oddly had a awkwardly move. Dude, if the guy's not in the right position, you got to do something and not make it look so obvious. Just, I don't know, I'm not, 
not feeling Cole. I, he, and he did have a great resume. Obviously, he's on my list, very high on my list. Where, where do you have NXT, him on your actual list, Oz? I had him fifth, actually, wow. on my list. Yeah, but to me, resume-wise, speaks for itself. He had the longest title reign, but is that a detriment? That's almost like Triple H is really trying to get this guy over. He's really trying to push him, and Vince is like, nope, still not calling him up. Nope, not interested. They, For some reason, they had him beat Daniel Bryan on TV and then immediately ignored him pretend it never happened. Well, I, I think part of the thing was they knew that they weren't going to call Adam Cole up. So put the title on him. Make him a long-running champion, yeah. you know, because yeah. maybe yeah. they got tired of their freaking champions losing just so they could go get jobbed out on Raw and SmackDown, you know? So you, you pick the one guy that you know isn't going to get called up, put the belt on him for a year and a half. True. So obviously we talked about Gargano, Champa. Adam Cole, what about some old school guys? Is Bo Dallas or Seth Rollins on your list? I did not put Seth Rollins on my list, even though he Ouch. is the first NXT champion, because most of Seth Rollins to me was FCW, right? Um, because mm-hmm. even the Shield stuff, when, when that was going on down inside of NXT, just it didn't feel NXT to me. Like it was very clear what was about to happen. Yeah. Um, so, so that's why I didn't put Seth Rollins on my list. Bo Dallas, on the other hand, is actually the correct answer to this question, not to break kayfabe or anything, but Mr. NXT was Bo Dallas. Like, no, remember when Bo Dallas got fired, he came back and he got hired under a mask. He was Mr. NXT. What almost uh, what July 2014? Yeah, Mr. NXT. That was literally the name of the character was Mr. NXT. So the the real answer to this week's question: Who is Mr. NXT? Bo Dallas. That was uh, his gimmick, right? Technically, he was yeah, Mr. NXT. Yeah, he, yeah. He, I, I love that match when he gets on mask again, insane too. Because I mean, he had he had on his white trunks. You know, he had the good guy white on, and when his mask gets ripped off, it's like someone ripped his trunks off, or like someone had like it's like one of those like you have that dream and you show up to school naked. That was the look on his face and how he sold that thing, like a Scooby Doo villain, like yes, literally. Yes, yeah. it, I think what's you know the. It, the ultimate compliment to Bo Dallas is you guys were mentioning Seth Rollins. I don't really think about him when I think about NXT. Uh, I really think as that first true champion when NXT started getting noticed as Neville. But Bo Dallas and Bo Lee really took it to that next level. That's when people really got hot. We're like, maybe they got something here. This is something very different than what we're used to. We're kind of getting stagnant here with, you know, with the Cena, you know, the hustle, you know, the hustle, loyalty, respect, what everything they had going on. This is something that's a little fun. These guys are doing something special. And I think that really evolved there between Neville and, and Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas should have been the first one. Like he should have been the, the, the giant flashing warning sign for NXT and the NXT talent going from NXT up to raw or SmackDown. He was the first one that I was just like, what, what are you doing? But you, you, you turned him into a, almost a parody of himself. And then Neville was the next one. Adrian Neville was the next one they did that with. They're like, okay, he was NXT champ for, you know, 287 days, whatever it was. It's like, okay. Was it Bo that gave it to Neville or was I, I'm up backwards there. Okay. Yep. I just remember the classic ladder. I would say that's what it was. Okay, so it was Bo passing it off. All right, hey, a little backwards. I apologize. But you know, it, it, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to remember Bo Dallas and the whole Bo leave thing and just laugh at it. And it's like, man, if you go back and watch NXT when that started, that was fantastic stuff. Bo Dallas, like, he's one that I just don't understand how they missed on so poorly. 
You, you know, he reminds me, Jarker, you made that comparison earlier, you know, from and from ECW to NXT. Bo Dallas screams to me the greatness of what Al Snow was in ECW as right? compared to when he went and, you know, and he got called back for that big contract. You know, everyone's thinking about the head, but you really think about the greatness. Remember the hundreds of the the mannequin heads and it, the rallying behind Al Snow at that at that moment, one of the hottest hands maybe in modern wrestling history. And you had that, you know, a little bit of that sample that with Bo in a complete disconnect, and people are going to remember it for what you saw on on the red and blue. So is there anybody we missed? I had Big E on my list just because he had a nice little uh, title reign. He kind of d- dethroned Seth. You thought, like, okay, maybe big things are coming. I didn't really have him very high on my list, but I just threw him out there. Obviously, like I just mentioned, Neville is, was high on my list as well. I always love the five-count gimmick from Big E. Yes. Homage to King Kong Bundy, of course. I also had William Regal on my list. I don't know if he necessarily counts, but, I mean, he's kind of like the face of NXT. Did uh, you guys have him on your list as well? Um, I didn't put him on my list, but I understand why. It's the same reason I didn't put Hunter on my list, you know? Um, yeah, I was thinking it, Triple H, too. Yep. I, yeah. I thought about H, but I think I think Regal a little bit more of an argument because the on-screen he's that on-screen character. presence, and he's helped define the direction what and about drive the all these. What about the picture with the point? Triple H. Or all the... <laughs> you, you know, he, actually, he was pointing at all these years now. It was the exit door. <laughs> uh, oh, well played. But no, Does that I, hurt? Does that hurt NXT, though? Just even the little sidebar, like in the long run. They lost AEW, apparently lose millions of dollars each year. I know, obviously, that's the performance center and everything that comes in with that, too. But them being a lost leader for the company, does that hurt being Mr. NXT? You know what I mean? Does that hurt them overall? Because they lost the war. They lost money. No, that doesn't no, hurt the guys. I think the thing that hurts NXT the most, and Rick, you and I have talked about this literally for years at this point, is the fact that they've been an absolute miserable failure in what they are there to do, and that is produce talent for the main roster, WWE. And when you think of like the biggest like homegrown stars, guys that did not work on the indies, guys that were not already basically television ready that have come through NXT, all the names that we're talking about today, the biggest star that NXT has produced is Baron freaking Corbin. Crazy. I don't even go one step further, Jari. Even people they've picked up from other promotions, NXT has produced no standout mega stars. Unless you uh, want to count Roman. I mean, the, like the Shield, which to me was not him, NXT. Though. Like, that that was FCW to me. But also, he wasn't... It's funny. He's trained by CK. He's trained by his dad. He's trained by the Samoans. trained by Alpha. But he still came through. I mean, it's all right if you had other training there. But I would but still it's, call him a homegrown talent, though. Okay, all right. Because to me, it's almost like, man, he's just passing through. He, like, he was already trained. He's already ready. They're just getting him ready for the production value and, and, and the cameras and, and like getting him getting his character ready but to me it's almost like man he was already ready to be a wrestler before NXT. you know what i mean it, all these other guys like braun Strowman, like he had he was clueless and they they threw him out there he actually skipped nxt and they just trained him on the fly on the road but that would be a guy it's like okay i don't know if roman needed what, much much help but what I mean, developing would his really ever make it sure. would you consider as we as we look back at other eras braun was nowhere near a megastar now no, you go no. look at you'll look at the system that was in place before FCW, before NXT. 
they were cranking out. I mean, it was like they were getting tired of cranking out stars going back to OVW. Right. And you look at some of the biggest in the business, Brock Lesnar, Batista, John Cena, and Randy Orton, all in the same little class down there under Rip Rogers. And you throw everyone else that's account, you know, accounting it that we look at and be like, oh my God, how did they miss on these people? All these amazing talents that went through Louisville. So has NXT been a success or failure? I think they've been a miserable failure. Are they officially a developmental or are they third brand to you? Well, they cannot be both. I think that was one of the biggest failures in, in the entire NXT approach. Yeah. And, and you, you can't. It just it does not work. Um, to me, NXT is developmental. That's that's how I've always viewed it. And in, in that context, they're a miserable failure. And what the final nails really in the coffin were for them, you know, they could have kept passing, hey, we are and you look at you know, like Major League Baseball, and they saw after the, the lockdowns and all that, I mean the minor league got just destroyed because of the funding. Cause these programs aren't making this money and all this. And we're, now we're seeing this in wrestling, but people got confused because they had to go to these networks and pitch this as its own brand. The final nails in the coffin to NXT is when they went to USA network yep. because it got that old McMahon dirty, you know, old man ball stench on the, on the product. And it, it never felt the same, at least on that net. And I think even now with the deal with Peacock, it would have happened anyway because it lost that flavor, that attraction, that it was an alternative, that it was something different. They've had great production. That whole deal with Full Sail, absolutely, uh, to me, it's it, it looks like pro wrestling. To me, it's my favorite show to watch because it's raw. It feels old school. You have that sense that anything can happen. And I do like their character work and all of that there, but – when they try I, I like, to get too big for their britches is what is what the denimate. I, I like the analogy that Balor made uh, when he went back to NXT. And he said that NXT is Broadway and Raw and SmackDown are Hollywood. I, I thought that was a great comparison between that whole system and how it works. That guy's, it's, go ahead, boss. I'm just gonna... I was going to say, so do we miss anybody possibly on this list? I know that happens. I got two. We forget. Or who, who do we miss? Um, I got two, and they go together. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I, I've got both of them on my list. Sami, in particular, he was the first heart and soul of NXT. He was Johnny Gargano before Johnny Gargano got there, right? I mean, right. Sami Zayn was the guy going out, having the great matches on TakeOver, and then he would lose. And the fans got super behind Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn finally wins the title, only to be stabbed in the back by his best friend during the night of his debut in Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens takes the title from Sami Zayn. Like it was just like a continuation of the feud from Ring of Honor. It just happened to happen inside of NXT. But Sami Zayn in particular and his run inside of NXT, the matches against Cesaro, the match against Owens, the matches yep. against Neville, the match against Nakamura in Dallas. But Sami Zayn, pretty high on my list. Forgot about Zane. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I had Bobby I like, Roode on there too. By Bobby the way. Roode. I, I like the comparisons there, Jargo. I think uh, when, when it comes to KO and Zane, they were like thieves in the night because it was so short and sweet, but they had yep. such a tremendous impact there. Uh, to make that comparison back to ECW, not exactly the same personas and characters and all that, but the the vibe and what they meant there, they remind me of when Austin and Pillman came through. Magnificent, yeah. but so is you know short and sweet. 
uh, Bobby Roode. That was one of those. To me, he was one of those. He truly was one of those. What are we doing in NXT? This guy should immediately been on SmackDown at that time. With that entrance, he screamed sports entertainment. He knew how to work those those angles. Knew how to work their television. He knew all everything about it. He never should have been there. How about an how about an honorable mention here for Jargo? How about Breezy? Absolutely. Uh, Tyler Breeze is one of my favorite wrestlers, um, be, mostly because at a certain point I realized Tyler Breeze was working the hell out of me. And if you can work the hell out of me and make me just hate you so much at a certain point, I come around kind of like I have with Jay White at this point. Uh, Breeze was the absolute foundation of NXT. He may have spent more time in NXT than anybody else over the course of the years, but he was always such a good hand that they never really pushed him to the level that I thought that they could have or should have inside of either NXT raw or SmackDown. But I will say this for Tyler breeze. He is the only guy who could make you a WWE hall of famer in one match. Jushin Thunder Liger. That's the one. The only match that Liger ever had in the WWE was against Breezy. Why? Because Breeze was that freaking good. He was the only guy that they trusted enough to be in the ring with Jushin Thunder Liger. That's a hell of a compliment. And you know he's not going to hurt the guy. Exactly. Yep. Which is funny. A lot of fans don't realize that a lot of the times, like, why is he working him? It's probably the safest guy you got. That's probably why, yep. you know? Yep. And I, I always, Paz, did you like Breezy? I always thought Breeze was one of the most underutilized talents inside of the entire WWE system, whether it be NXT, Raw, or SmackDown. For some reason, I know he's a smaller guy. He's almost like that Cole category, but I think he played well to that character. Like the Zoolander thing was cool. The, the camera thing was unique that he did. So I like what he was doing. And he wasn't going to be like a main event or he wasn't going to be the world champion. Like you knew that, but he knew his role perfectly. He helped other guys get over. He even got himself over doing silly stuff and, and doing like funny little bits. But I feel like he never was a guy where you're like, oh, this guy again on TV. Like you're kind of interested in, in the angle, even if it's like the passing, oh, he's going to lose. But you're interested. Even the Liger thing, obviously you're interested in Liger. But you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. Give him breeze like like a shot like he's been like their guy he's been like a, a real backbone for them you hear stories of him behind the scenes training guys and helping guys out so it's like wow that's pretty cool they gave him that spot and i just like the fact again like you know the guy's not gonna hurt anybody you know he's, he's gonna be funny even if it's a stupid backstage skit it's gonna be funny he's gonna try to make it his own he never is a guy that mails it in either he could have been the miz like i yeah. I, I feel like yeah, that that, 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 that type, level yeah. Of, of he could have been he could have been the guy to restore the glory to the intercontinental championship and make it the workhorse title that it should have been well i think it's True. big in there too and you can make that comparison to cole breeze is never out there tony oh yeah i'm like the most ripped badass athlete ever i mean he knew how to work that he, he was that slimy little guy or if you need you needed a comedy pop and that's essentially what you're right what the miz kind of is there it's a damn shame that the fashion police never got their run as champions. I the, like the, the tag team championships inside of the WWE don't mean a goddamn thing, but boy, those guys deserved it. They earned 
those titles, man. They All they did was get themselves over every week by doing the most ridiculous stuff they ever could think of. I still firmly believe that when Fandango came back from injury, they should have dropped the whole Fandango thing, renamed him Johnny Curtis, turned them both heel, and just see what in the hell happens, because I think it would have been magic. I can, uh, I can go for that. So, really... Who is Mr. NXT RBV Europe first? Who do you got? Who's the uh, the the Mister? Who is? Well, I think I think our Mister is an Empress, and right. I'm going with Oscar. Oh my God! I can't believe that. I think you know this is the game changer. I mean, it it was really when you people in you know started really talking about women's wrestling, and just outside of that, how uh, incredibly hot it was. I think she just she takes the cake on it, and you know, and, and I love when we have these conversations. We're talking about them. You're outside of your own head. Hell, even outside of that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, man, my two spot, maybe an Adam Cole, man, Bo Dallas in there, but then I got to put Bailey in there as well in my top four. So, and I'm and I'm trying to weigh the importance of the different levels and what represented the evolution of NXT. Chargo. My top five reads Adam Cole, baby, Asuka, Finn Balor, and Bailey. So Adam Cole's number one? Yeah, Adam Cole's number one. Oh, yeah, and I guess Gargano. That would uh, run. Yeah, I was going to say you didn't five. name name five. Okay. All, all, all right here, Paz, because now we've got Bailey and Asuka and Cole and ours, man, and he didn't seem favorable on any of these before. Definitely not Oscar. I would give it more than uh, I would give Cole, to be honest, just because she had such a good run there and she kind of became a main eventer and really set, set up the women's division quite nicely there, where it became better than the, the Divas division or whatever, the, the WB women's division for a while. But I can't go out Cole, just can't do it. I got to go with a guy that made his return to NXT and they were literally calling him Mr. NXT when he did it, Finn Balor. I feel like he was like the quintessential NXT guy that, that Triple H loved. They lost him. He wanted to bring him back because he felt like he was such NXT. To me, the, the long title reign obviously was – he broke a record, and then his record was broken by Cole. But still, he had, he had a record at one point of being the longest reigning NXT champion. Two reigns, got the Dusty Cup. I just felt like Finn Balor, to me, when I was writing the list and thinking about it, I was like, man, who was NXT? And I was thinking about Cole and, and Champa. And I was thinking about Gargano, and I was like, "Man, who, you know, who really else?" And Baylor kept coming to mind, really. Um, so I got to go, Finn Baylor. So we're, we're split here. I mean, we got three different. Would, it, Rick was uh, Finn Balor in your top three? I, I don't have him in my tops. Oh wow, okay, all right. You, you mentioned Champa, and I think one thing that does need to be said: if it wasn't for that damn injury, he might yeah. have been number one. Yeah, and, and then. Champa was right as he always is. I remember when they were showing the videos of Champa going in for uh, the surgery and whatnot, and they were showing the real Goldie, his daughter, and Champa put up on Twitter, "Thanks, there goes my heat." He was right. He's never regained it from that moment. Right. True. So we're we're split on this one. Are you uh, you shocked by that? Did you think uh, somebody was going to go differently uh, there, Chargo? Well, no, number one, I didn't know that you uh, had a deep loathing for Adam Cole. Um, not a fan, not a fan. But but I really thought that Adam Cole would probably sweep this thing. I like to wow. me wow. the 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 accolades 
that Adam Cole has. Like you talk about somebody who's done everything in NXT. The only thing he hasn't done is win the women's championship. Um, to His me, accolades he, are great, but to me, and, and you know, it's just me. I just think like, okay, you can give a guy an accolade and you give him that, but does he really earn it? Like Diesel being the world champion when he was, it's like, okay, we can give him the world champion and we can give him the title for a year, but did he deserve it? Was that a good reign? To me, with Cole, I just have that feeling. It's like, okay, he had a long reign, but like, was it that great of a reign? Uh, I feel like some of his matches were a bit overrated. And and I like Rick said too, he, he pulls you out of the match a bunch of times too. So to me, sometimes he... He got all those great accolades, but he was hurt by his uh, lack of domination or his lack of execution. I am surprised that Rick had Oscar up at, at the top of his, but I had Oscar at number two. So, I mean, I'm not necessarily surprised. I, I'm just surprised that she was that high on Rick's list. Yeah, Rick is usually a, a female wrestling hater, as, as everyone knows. What? When have I ever showed that about anything? I usually pitch a women's topic every week and get shot down. <laughs> with uh you know this poll obviously we have the other poll going on who is mr SummerSlam right now bret hart is comfortably dominating at 70 percent of the votes which we fully expect him to win a few people did throw in Shawn michaels out there and i saw a sprinkling of votes for undertaker lesnar and uh seth rollins as well so it's going, it's going uh, pretty good there as far as the polls thank you everybody for always continually to vote on them but let's go to the plugs follow me on twitter and instagram at two man power trip check out the website tmptempire.com rick what do you got well of course as always you can follow me and uh, on my foodie adventures wrestling adventures whatever the hell i'm into uh, across all social media at the real rbv and for the hmg plugs uh, it looks for the time being, you know, we are at a, a little standstill reevaluating, redirecting the Realm Network, but it looks like we are relaunching live programming over on YouTube and Twitch, I mean Media Group. Jargo, what do you got? Find me across all social media at not Jargo and probably sitting in this chair recording a podcast. There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff dropping over the course of the next couple of days, uh, including I'll be over at NoDQ.com this Thursday night for the No DQ review. I'm looking forward to that. Nice. Good stuff as always. Thank you guys. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you right back here next week for who is. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.